Dr. George Crabb is a faithful man. He was born in 1939 in Detroit, was a bus kid that attended North Detroit Baptist Church. His bus driver, Mr. Green, and bus worker, Mrs. Bracker, were faithful workers, resulting in Dr. Crabb's salvation at the age of 16. As a Chrysler employee with a family, he was called to preach in 1972. He then attended Midwestern Baptist College in Pontiac, where Dr. Malone became his mentor. At Dr. Malone's suggestion to start a church in the area, Dr. Crabb founded the Antioch Baptist Church in Warren, Michigan, with 34 charter members in 1975. They underwent eight building programs and also had a high day of 700. He's been married to his wife, Donna, for over 60 years. Instrumental in bringing Miss Rebecca Piscatelli to Hiles Anderson First Baptist Church and was her pastor, was instrumental in her salvation. He's thankful to still be preaching the word of God. And he is also the grandfather for Noah, Marissa, Jasmine, Hallahan, and we love them. And so let's welcome Dr. Crabb to the pulpit. Dr. Crabb, you come preach for us. Boy, when he says 1939, holy moly, that is pre-war. So, but I am a bus kid. And they had a small bus ministry at North Detroit Baptist Church in the city of Detroit. Mr. Green and Mrs. Bracker came knocking on the door in the projects of Detroit. I was raised in a gang environment, and we were invited and challenged to come on the bus. My mother said yes. Mrs. Bracker never gave up on me. We were a smart aleck little kid. Went to church, and at 16 I got saved and went to work at Chrysler's right out of high school. And then God called us into the ministry, went to Midwestern Baptist College, and the rest is history. God has blessed us abundantly. When we were about two years in the seminary, one of the fellow pastors in our location passed away, and they asked me to come preach, and I preached and preached. And they called me as their pastor. About a year later, I got a call from a gentleman called Dr. Malone and said, well, you know, we would love to have you finish your schooling here. And I said, well, how many more, how many credit hours do I need to graduate? He says, four credit hours. I says, okay. What course do you think I should take? He says, I've thought about it. He says, there is a course called Elizabethan Literature. And I knew that it would enhance my ministry greatly. <laughs> and I says, who's going to be my teacher? And he says, I'm going to be your teacher. So what a privilege it was to sit in the John R. Rice building with just Dr. Malone and I for one solid year to get my four credit hours and graduate from Midwestern Baptist College. From being a bus ministry kid 
to one, they came to have Dr. Malone as my mentor and a personal friend. Also, with that in mind, being able to be with uh, Brother Jack Isles, your ex-pastor, and so on down the line. But God is still calling men. God is still calling. What we need today in America is a revival. And it's not a revival with the world. It's a revival with us. I went through my Bibles, of which I have many. The first Bible I looked at that I used for 12 years in the ministry, as I flipped through it, I saw wet pages. And I remember when I would read the Word of God through, there would be tears on the pages. I took that Bible and put it aside and started on a new Bible. I looked through that Bible and I noticed the tears that were on virtually all the pages. Then I went through my third Bible. And to my surprise, there were no tears. What has happened to us? I shared this in our Sunday school class when I had the privilege of speaking for Brother Eddie. And I want to thank Brother Wilkerson for allowing me to preach here. But we need a revival. We don't need a revival in the world. The world is on a rampage now with this woke movement. The Bible calls them sodomites. And women are women and men are men. And they become one flesh. We need a revival. And it begins not in the world, it begins in the family. We need men who've been called of God to answer that call in their life. We need husbands that stand up for the word of God in their home. We need these altars filled again with broken hearts, realizing how far we have drifted away. I thought on our 25th anniversary I have, I've been married to my wife. I can't mention her because she said not to mention her, my wife. And I won't, but she's sitting over on the far right. Almost 64 years, she did not marry a preacher. She married someone to work for Chrysler's. And as it was in my day, started out as a mailboy, worked my way up to the comptroller staff. Everybody thought I was stupid when I said that I needed to answer the call of God. You're not stupid to answer the call of God if God calls. You're underestimating the power of God in your life. All of my co-workers thought I was nuts. In fact, all of my preacher friends thought I was nuts. They said another 10 years and you'll be able to retire 30 and out. Do you remember that? I don't know if they still have that available today, but that's the way it was when I was at Chrysler's. When I finally handed in my resignation, I went through the corridors of that facility, looked up, and I said, okay, God, it's just you and me. My wife did not marry a preacher. But God prepared a preacher with a woman 
that God wanted him to have. And you got to have the right woman. That's why, as we are examining the Word of God tonight, we need a revival. I beg of you, we need a revival. Now, I want to share with you David's request here in the 25th Psalm. I am going to read just the fourth and fifth verse. It is written, looking for direction and relief. And David, even though he was a man after God's own heart, he was looking for relief. Because he didn't live a perfect life. I can't live a perfect life. You can't live a perfect life. But God can give you a life that is pleasing to him that will show the world that God is still alive. He's still saving souls. If, he, if his people, which are called by his name, will just humble themselves. When was the last time the Holy Spirit spoke to you? No, you know what? I'm going to be a nice guy. I don't know whether I'll ever... When was the last time the Holy Spirit of God spoke to you? Does the Holy Spirit of God still speak to men and women? Yes, he does. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. And all of a sudden, the altar is called. God's speaking to you. You shut him down. You shut him down. You shut him down until finally he says, no, I won't call you anymore. Don't ever pass up that opportunity if God's dealing with your heart. And we find that David, David paid a dear price for his sin. We realize that we know about he and Bathsheba. They had a child, that child died. And the sword never departed from his house. You want confusion in your family, just don't do God's will. If you want harmony in your life, do God's will. And we find that David, in the time that I have here, want, want to reiterate, it is important. When was the last time you cried over a portion of God's word? When was the last time you cried over a soul? When was the last time you said amen during the course of a sermon? Now, I'm not going to go way back, but I remember preaching at the college. Those kids were crazy. Man, they got me excited. Now the average church puts the pastor asleep because he's can't wait till he's through. Now you just listen to me for a little while, but I want to challenge you. It's time we need a revival, and it starts with the man that's in the house that will answer the call and the responsibility of God in his life. And David, in this psalm, is saying to you, show me thy way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. And the Holy Spirit is still working today. We have quenched the Holy Spirit. We have grieved the Holy Spirit. I thank God that I'm saved. I thank God that I'm saved. Can you say, thank God I'm saved? 
I mean, you are the, the, the root of this church being here on Sunday night. I'm a child of God. I'm born again. I, I belong to him. I, I want to tell others about Jesus. Brother Wilkerson and I were somewhere, and he said, will you tell me about your salvation? I got to brag on Mrs. Bracker. I got to brag on Mr. Green. I got to brag that they cared enough for this little kid that was raised in a gang environment, and they paid the price to bring me to Jesus Christ. Do you have that burden anymore? Or have we all become fat cats for Jesus? Yeah, we're, we're cool, man. We've made it in this world. I got three bank accounts. And if it wasn't for me, this church wouldn't survive. If it wasn't for Jesus, you wouldn't be saved. So we find here this direction. And David is crying out. And maybe he's crying out to you tonight as he has cried out to me over and over during the course of my 40 years in the ministry, building a work for the Lord Jesus Christ, and meeting men that I never thought I would ever meet. But God has something in store for you, if you're just willing to listen to that wee small voice. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The Holy Spirit still does the convicting. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And David is saying here, he went through the idea that his, uh, one of his sons uh, misused Tamar. And, and David didn't do anything about it. Absalom didn't do anything about it. Two years later, he finally took Amnon's life. But you and I that are here tonight need to turn our life back over to God. The wife and I had the privilege of going to Hawaii. I won't tell you how many times, because you probably would think that I was a wealthy pastor. But we, we, I, I loved going to Hawaii. I enjoyed it. We, the church sent us on our 25th wedding anniversary. In fact, it was the first vacation we really ever had. Before that time, we would have $60 in our pocket, and we take our little Valiant down to Alabama, my wife's an Alabama girl, and visit them and mooch off of them for two weeks and have enough gas to come back. So when we went to Hawaii, I said, boy, this is, this is something nice. And wouldn't it be something nice to see a revival again? Have the old hellfire and brimstone preaching again? Huh? Step on your toes. Sit there in your pews and say, who do you see think he is? Yeah, huh? Yeah, you like that, huh? It's time that we had pastors tell you what the word of God has to say. When you get to heaven, this book's going to be open, and he isn't going to make any adjustments to it. In our stationery, it says, preaching a changeless Christ to an ever-changing world. We have changed. And that's why the world is in a mess today. Show me thy way. O Lord, teach me thy path. Show me thy way, O Lord. Have you ever asked him that? When was the last time you asked him that? He has a way for you. He has a purpose for you. We've got our eyes so centered on ourselves that sometimes we forget 
He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one that's giving us eternal life. And sometimes we don't wonder, uh, we don't uh, realize how far we have drifted. Because a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. Just a little bit. When we first went to Hawaii, I loved the snorkel. And then the real religious people said, well, oh, you went in the ocean in Hawaii? Yeah, we stayed at Kalapati Beach Hotel in Maui. But the main course of the beach was down this way, so that's where all the people were. And we were down here, and you can ask my wife, uh, there, were, there were really no people in the water. And some people said, oh, you mixed bathe? They're the real spiritual ones, you know. But I, I got a snorkel in, and I went out and down, in, and many of you have probably been to Hawaii. I mean, you snorkel, and I was in probably 56. I was just going out looking at the bottom, 50, 60 feet of water, and you could see the sand move. Until finally one time I, I looked up, and I realized how far away from shore I was. And I didn't have a boogie board. And so I said, I better try to make my way back to shore. Now, I think all of us that are here today realize there's a cable in our life that is hooked up to the shoreline, and we need to pull ourselves back to that shoreline where Jesus is. No, we need a revival. You want to save your family's life? You better have a revival. Show me thy way, O Lord. That's the family and the women. Let them be in the Omas again. We got our women more out on the workforce than the greatest work in the world, and that's to help rearing your children. Oh, we need the money. We need the money. I tell you what, you need God more than you need anything else. And I, I tell you, some people say, oh, no, 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 we got to have that money. We got. God has taken care. It, it is amazing. I can't, I don't have time to tell you how God has taken care of Donna and I over these last 50 years since I surrendered to the Lord. He still is able to supply. No, he will supply. I will supply all your needs according to his riches. That's what he says. Do you believe that? Amen. Hey, I hope some of you do believe it. But he says, show me that way. And we find that uh, I realized how far, and I didn't know whether I could make it back. But I kept going towards the shore. I made it back. I almost drowned. But God won't let you drown if you really want to come back to him. Show me thy way, O Lord. Today's society offers a variety of options to choose from. Remember this. You live by the choices you make. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. You live by the choice. Oh, boy, I was dealt a bad hand. No, you weren't. It was a matter of choice that gave you that bad hand. Not my way, but your way. That's what the Lord said in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but thine will be done. Do you not believe that God can take care of your life? Don't you believe that God can elevate you wherever you need elevation? David here, he was a man after God's own heart. I'm a man after God's own heart, but I know the wicked man that I am. I know, like the Apostle Paul, the chief sinner that I am. We are all sinners, saved by grace, 
And thank God for the mercy of God that endureth forever and ever. And David is saying here, the family, we need Davids in the home. We need husbands in the home who are willing to direct their family in the ways of the Lord. We need wives to support their husbands. And that doesn't mean that they are better than their wives. I believe marriage is a 50-50 deal, and the man makes the final decision if there's a tie on a subject matter. Don't go around, I'm Mr. Tarzan. Yeah, my wife's Jane, and she can swing on a vine just as well as I can. <laughs> no, folks, I love you. I don't know whether you've you got to come back. You've got to start pulling on that rope and come back to the shore where Jesus is. Because we've, we've drifted so far out, we don't realize how far out we are. Show me thy way, O Lord. Remember, you live by the choices you make. Not my way. His way. Be not deceived. The man who said, oh, all my barns are filled. I'm going to tear them down. I'm going to build more. Thou fool, tonight thy soul shall be required of you. You are where you are tonight by the grace of God. And God has given you an opportunity tonight when the uh, altar call is made to respond to the Holy Spirit. And, and I would feel sorry for anyone that doesn't feel the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. It would be wonderful, again, to see husbands and wives and children as we had during the prayer time. Back at the altar. I was born with a drunkard. My dad was a drunkard. He got saved the last 10 years of his life. He died at 66. He got saved at 56. Every time my mother threatened divorce, he would get sober and come forward, get saved, get baptized, the whole shot. But he wasn't saved. It was a way to the end of making my mother come back. When he came forward the last time, I figured, man, all of us kids are married. We're out of the house. Why is he coming forward? He says, the Holy Spirit has been convicting me that I'm not saved. And I don't question that. I said, Dad, that's wonderful. But you know, we waited almost a year to see if there was, we have a, a, wasn't a ploy. A year later, my dad was closer to the Lord than when he was when he came forward that time. You see, when you really get saved, old things do pass away and all things do become new. And I tell you, you have a burden for those people who are lost and those people that need to know that God's way is the perfect way. And we find here, it's not Satan worship. It, it, it is turn your back. Don't turn your back on God. Don't say no to God. Don't say no to that calling. We need men of God. I mean, we need real men of God. If he's calling you to be a pastor, if he's calling you to be a pastor's wife, if he's calling, and, and I'm not doing the calling. The Holy Spirit has to do the calling. You answer that call. We also find God's way through prayer and meditation and by trusting God. And David says, show me thy way. And what he was telling David, humble yourself. 
Get on your knees and know you are not perfect. I am perfect, but I will supply all of your needs. God has it. Oh, some people say, well, God just hasn't answered my prayer. Well, you weren't in the Sunday night service when it was answered through your pastor. He did answer it on Wednesday night when you weren't here, when your pastor answered through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, your prayer request. You weren't here Sunday morning or Sunday night. A lot of people blame God for a lot of things. It's not God's He's not the blame. You and I are the blame. And see, I don't like to hear that. Neither do I. But it's the truth. God is omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's perfect. He loves us. His mercy endures forever and ever. And David here is saying, oh, pastor, pastor, uh, uh, Lord, uh, show me thy way. Oh, Lord, I, I want to have that peace that passes all understandings. The scripture admonishes in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. One of the favorite verses that I first learned, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon thine own understandings, but in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will what? Direct thy path. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Yes, I believe that. And, and I, I, I think about when I left Chrysler's and, and went into the ministry to a Baptist church that was just running a hundred. And <laughs> if you're familiar with Baptist churches running a hundred, and a few people think that because they're the financial wizards of the church, they can run the church. I said, oh, my word. What, you know, they say, what if you have a split? And, 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 and what are you going to do with your wife and three children? I didn't even think about that. That's how dumb I was. You know what? God says, do it my way, and I will show you what only I can do. God's way is the perfect way. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to let you down. By faith we walk, not by sight. And we find that uh, trust in the Lord. And he says, you know, sh you know, show me thy way, Lord. Show me God's way is the perfect way. I mean, don't live one way in your personal life and try to change, uh, train your children in another way. They'll see, there's so many phonies out there today. We need the real McCoy today. We need the men and women who are really men and women of God who are willing to say God's way or no way. And he says, teach me in that word. Teach me thy path, not my path. Teach me thy path, not my path. Jonah, Jonah was asked to go to Nineveh, and, and he ran from God. And you that are running from the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, just remember this. Jonah paid the fare. If you want to pay the fare, run from God. If you want him to pay the fare, run to God. If he leads, I will follow. Some Christians lack God's direction because they are set in their own ways. They are, re, they are reoccupied. Don't get so reoccupied you miss the exit that God wants you to take. If we are to receive God's guidance, we must be teachable and willing to learn. We learn about God's past study and, and learning from his word. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth that to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Jesus says the Holy Spirit shall teach you 
all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you, John 14, 26. He says, uh, show me thy way. I tell you his way. I mean, if you really mean business for God, get your family, get up to this altar and say, God, we gotta, we've got to do it your way. Because sometimes you don't realize how far you've drifted away. I remember even though my dad was a drunkard, we used to, we used to sit around the dinner table. And all of us kids would sit around the dinner table, mom and dad, and have dinner. When was the last time you had dinner around the table with your kids? When was the last time you had a family altar? What's a family altar? Family altar is when the priest of the home opens the word of God and mom and the kids are sitting under the leadership of that father and sharing with them the word of God. When was the last time you had a Oh, we don't have a family altar. All of our kids are gone. You still got a wife. You say, we don't like that type of preaching. Tough. You get it tonight, you know. We've got to realize that we need to mean business for God. That's what, that's what David wanted here in this Psalms. He says, they're my family, I tell you, I am the fault that it's such a mess. And Dad, I tell you, if you're ever going to take a stand, take it now. We need you. We need this church. We need your pastor. We need these churches throughout America that are still standing on the truth of God's word. I, I'm saddened. I, I don't like the word retired because I'm not retired, but yet I'm retired. I get tired. But when you reach 84, you start to get tired earlier, you know. Wednesday night services are gone in a lot of Baptist churches. Sunday night services in a lot of Baptist churches. Sometimes, I, I won't go any further than that, your pastor didn't bless his heart. Sometimes when I'm allowed to go preach somewhere, I have a list of things that I can't preach on. And the latest where I got into trouble, but I'm not a troublemaker. I was told, and I preached there a number of times. So finally the last time they said, now, when you're through preaching, have prayer, no invitation. What if God's dealing with you right now? And we didn't have an invitation. You don't think the devil's going to attack this preaching tonight before you get back to your car? Yeah, it's a commitment. When you make a commitment, you keep it because when you vow a vow, you keep that vow. So I have to be careful. And thank God I did not receive a list of things other than the family. But we need strong families. Our, our, our families are in bad shape today. We took God out of the school. We took prayer out of the school. And now we have woke in the school. And I tell you what, they're after the church. And shame on us if we get so weak and so far offshore that we don't get on fire for God that it eventually destroys, like I told my church, it won't be destroyed from without, it'll be destroyed from within. 
But let's get back to David. He says, show me thy way. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Remember uh, Rehoboam? Rehoboam wouldn't listen to the old men. He listened to the young men and got himself in trouble and divided Israel. Jeroboam created their own gods, and you'd be surprised. That's what all this streaming's all about. And we get to watch preaching on television now, instead of in the house of God. Boy, I've got to be careful of the rabbit trails I go off on. But remember, who is the prince and power of the air? Hmm? Did you leave the house without your phone? Do you have your iPad? Do you have your computer? Do you have your TV? How many movies do you watch on TV where they use the name of the Lord God in vain? I've had Christians tell me, so-called Christians, I'm not questioning their salvation, well, they only mention the name of God in vain two or three times. Are you with me? Yeah. If you listen to it once, you listen to it twice, you listen to it three times, until it becomes almost part of your vocabulary. We need to get back. And that's what David is saying. David says, I'm tired of all this confusion. I'm going to do it God's way and no other way. As it was on our stationery at Antioch Baptist Church, preaching a changeless Christ to an ever-changing world, and we're living in it. Christ doesn't change. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. Lead me, he says. Lead me. Lead me. Lead me in thy truth. There is a great need for truth today. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not here to judge anybody. But many believe they're saved. But if you're not saved God's way, you're not saved. And that's with a repentant heart through the leadership of the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. Are you still with me? My time is almost up, but they didn't put a time limit on me. Man, I tell you, it's been about a month since I preached. I might just keep going and going and going. If we are led by the Lord, Jesus promised never to leave us or forsake us. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content in which things you have, for he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. The Holy Spirit shows us his way, teaches us, leads us, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you a comforter, and he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. And the truth is, folks, I, I, no other reason, we need to get back to where we're excited about the things of God to where we holler again and say amen and praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for where I could have been if not for the grace of God. I would have either been in jail or dead, raised in the environment that I was raised. But God stopped it, intervened with Mrs. Bracker, Mr. Green. I got saved. God called me into the ministry. Thousands of people were saved. Build the church for Jesus Christ. What are you doing? Answer that call. 
as a father, as a mother, get to that altar, raise your children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, and show them it is not a facade, but it's a real thing. God is real. John 16, 3 says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And then Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go away, the Comforter will come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment of sin, because they believe not on me. I'm telling you, we have a Comforter, we have a Holy Spirit that is a pain in our drive. And don't understand me. In order to be saved, I believe you need to repent. I need to realize I'm lost. I can't get saved unless I realize I'm lost. And I think it's time, and it not has to do with salvation, but it has to do with our service. We need to repent. We need to turn not knowing how far we have drifted away from God, but now I'm coming home. Well, we have learned God's direction for our life. Show me, Lord. Speak to me tonight. May I respond as you prick my heart, as you challenge me again. How long has it been since you've been at the altar? Oh, I can take care of it right here in my pew. But I tell you, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face, I will hear their land. It's an act of humility to answer the call of God and show others you mean business for God. Show us. Show me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Lead me. Over and over again, John the Baptist, his first message was, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, repent for the kingdom of God is at heaven. The kingdom of God. We need to repent and come back to God. Jesus' first message was, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance, God has come. It's not for our salvation, but I think, I know in my own life, we've got to repent and come back to where we felt the joy of the Lord and brought tears to our eyes when we read the word of God and what Jesus did for us. That's what the family needs today. Every husband, every wife should take their children and say, hey, we're going to do it God's way. No more of this facade. No more going through the motions. I want to be real. I want to be it alive. That's what David was crying out for. If you're here tonight, I could preach on and on and on, but I think the message is clear. Are you willing to answer the call of God in your life? Are you really meaning to mean business for God? You say, you know what? I, I, I really can't put... Why don't you just... You know, I'm not begging, just come to the altar and say, God, what do you want? How long has it been since you've been at the altar? Now, I, I know what it is to be the Lone Ranger. When I was being called into the ministry and we were attending church and they would have the invitation, I would be the only one at the altar. 
I didn't know whether God was dealing with me about salvation or service. And for about two years, I was the only one in that church that went forward. They all probably prayed for Donna, saying, man, what a wicked man she got. But then God said, no, it's not about your salvation. He says, I want you. Does he want you to come tonight? Has he spoken to your heart? Don't drift any further away. Don't drift any further away. Just come and say, Lord, I want to be closer to you today, tonight, tomorrow, than I was yesterday. That's what David was yearning for. What are you yearning for tonight?